and welcome to episode 25 of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. Every two weeks, I'll share a new episode discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every other Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Today, I am joined by Beverly Zymet. Beverly is an international number one best-selling author and speaker, workshop facilitator, energy healer, virtual reality ambassador, and transformational coach. Additionally, she has been in the field of alternative medicine for over 40 years. Today, you'll hear about Beverly's journey from farm girl to a vegan, about raw food, and listening to that inner voice. Let's get started. Hi, Beverly. Thanks so much for being here with me tonight. Well, hello, Kimberly. It is great to be here. I just, I love the whole thought of hummus. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and we're going to get into the get into that later in the show. And I'll, I will share a recipe with your, with your um, audience here. So yeah, <laughs> one of my secret trades. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> But so it's a pleasure to listen be here. to the end of the episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Beverly, I'd love to hear about your vegan journey. Why don't we start there? How'd you oh, get gosh. to this point? Ah, uh, well, you know what? I grew up on a farm and we raised our own beef and pork and chickens and everything, right? So it's kind of interesting how I ended up being a complete non-eater, you know, meat eater. So, mm -hmm. uh, gosh, I would say I started really moving away from a lot of meat after I left the farm because it just didn't taste that good, mm -hmm. right? So my meat eating days were, were slowed down quite a bit. However, it was in the 90s. I would say, I want to say mm, roughly 92, 93 and I was moving into a very, very intense spiritual journey at that time and really working in the arts of energy and healing and psychic work and, you know, all of that and really, really moving into the next phase of what my life and where my life was going to take me. And so when, you know, just studying the whole metaphysical world to really increase your overall vibration and frequency and things, you know, eating meat was something that held you in a lower vibration. And, you know, I, I, I read that and I knew it. I never really put it to work until one day I heard this little voice and I always listen to my voices. That's that intuition, you know, that inner gut yeah. feeling, that inner knowing is to, to pay attention to that because there's great messages and I was eating a pork chop. I love pork chops, right? And I took a bite and it just didn't taste the same. And it wasn't any different than I had always made it. So I took a second bite and I'm like, this just isn't cutting it. So I asked the kids and, and, and their dad, I said, do these pork chops taste okay? <laughs> right? I really did because it was like, oh my gosh. And they were like ranting. Yeah, mom, these are really good. Yeah, these are great. And I said, well, somebody wants an extra one. You can have mine. And then I heard the boys say, stop eating meat. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I did. 
I, that, okay. and that's how simple it was. I, I just stopped, yeah. you know, and, and it's a process, but you got to let your body start to acclimate. So the first thing, you know, I stopped eating meat, you know, I did um, like meat byproducts, you know, at first, you know, moving into the vegetarian aspect of it, where I had chicken broth or beef broth or something like that, you know, and I did eat some dairy, you know, the butter and, you mm-hmm. know, and my body started acclimating. And then pretty soon it's like, oh, time to move away from that. Oh, time to move away from that. Oh, time to move away from that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as my vibration started elevating, it, it went in segments. And then it's not such a deep shock to the body. You know, you just don't wake up one day and say, oh, well, I'm stopping all of this. Your body's (laughs) going to go into shock. (laughs) You know, it really does, you know, and adding that different food to it. But, um, you know, being a vegetarian for like a year or so, I was exposed to raw food. And that was um, towards the middle and the latter part of the 90s. It got to be a big thing. And I spent Mm. a lot of time in California. And so I was invited to a raw food, how to prepare raw food, how to become a raw food, you know, eater. And it's like, okay. So I went to it. I was like, totally amazed. Right. Because when you really stop and think how many foods do you eat that are actually raw, you know, like radishes, carrots, celery, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, you know, all of these different things, you have your lettuces, you know, so mm-hmm. there's so many that you're already eating raw. And yeah. for me, I can remember as a kid, one of my favorite raw foods was raw potatoes. And I still, to this day, love raw potatoes. I, <laughs> I don't know why, right? I used and, to eat them as a kid too. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, there's just something about it, the juiciness and that mm-hmm. starch. That which is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're a little bit, just a little bit sweet, mm-hmm. you know, and- <laughs> I remember we're sitting there waiting for the 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 um, program to start and there was a gal that sat across the table from me and she asked me you know you know was this my first time I've been here you know am I a raw foodist and I said you know actually this is just an introduction for me you know and I so I talked to her a little bit about it and she said oh my gosh you know going raw she said it was really pretty easy but one of the toughest things for me was to eat a raw potato (laughs) <laughs> and that's the that's the thing I remember the most about that meeting right and it's like oh my gosh for me it's like not a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> not a problem at all right you know so it's interesting how those little things just kind of stick with you mm-hmm. and one thing I learned that I've taken with me on my journey through all my different eating patterns was the food combining hmm. And that is really critical because a lot of people think eating, you know, going vegan or raw food or vegetarian means that you just don't eat meat, but you can eat all the other junk. Mm. Uh, Not so much, (laughs) right? And so a a lot of people who stop that, all of a sudden they start to see their health declining or Mm. their weight going on, you know? So you have to understand it's not just stop eating meat or meat byproducts. There's more to it. It's that nutritional value. You know, where are you going to get your proteins? What are, it's the combination of foods. So when you can combine rice and beans, you're getting a strong protein, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're serious about moving into the vegan way of, of eating, 
also understand the nutritional value. Go to the raw food and study the raw food food combining charts. Just Google it. Google knows everything, right? So, <laughs> Doesn't it? so go ahead. It does, right? So Google raw food, food combining, and you will be totally amazed. And that's going to really help you to understand the best foods to eat, when to eat them, what's alkaline, what's acid, you know, so that you can start to balance that because you want to keep your body in an alkaline situation because when it goes acid, you're not you're not retaining the nutrients that are necessary, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. When I was in my mid twenties, I, um, I went macrobiotic for a little bit and. Oh yeah. I tried a, that one too. <laughs> there's a, a lot of talk of, uh, alkaline versus acid. And, and right. I, I do remember it was, it was a lot of work. I spent hours in the kitchen, but I felt so good. And, you know, I just, I was, uh, life just wasn't, I wasn't in a place in life where I was willing to spend that much time on preparing my food in my mid twenties. And so I kind of let it go after like six months, but I still remember how amazing I felt when I ate that way. Right. And I think I was, you know, really getting balanced a lot more of that alkaline over the acid. Yeah. The acid alkaline. So if you, if you just print off the, um, food combining chart, Mm -hmm. Because it kind of breaks it down the center and then it takes you which foods are acid and which foods are alkaline, you know, so if you're, you know, meats are highly, highly acid, yeah, you know, they're at the far end of the acid chart. So when you look at that, you know, and how many ounces of it are you eating, then you come to the other side. So you want to balance that with the alkaline foods. So that your body starts to balance out in alignment and in harmony. And it will also speed up and help your digestion, right? Yeah. And digestive enzymes, I mean, oh my gosh, get yourself on some digestive enzymes because we don't have the enzymes in the food that we once had, mm -hmm. right? And so, and it doesn't matter whether you're a vegan or carnivorous, you know, even the macrobiotic, you know, you want that digestive you know, system to start working. But when you're looking for digestive enzymes, make sure when you read the bottle that you've got all those things that end in A-S-E, like mm. protease, lipase, analase. So you want to look at the A-S-E's because there's Got tons it. of digestive enzymes, but look for the ones that have the A-S-E and, and that's critical for you. Yeah. Okay. There's a local farm by me here in New Jersey. And their whole focus is in bringing the nutrients back to the soil. So oh, that wonderful. When, when you eat food, you know, you eat carrots that have been grown there. You just brush the, the dirt off and you eat the carrot. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, enzymes there and the soil is like, it's not going to make you sick. It's giving you those enzymes that you need. Right. So you pick up a bunch of kale and you shake it off. So there's not huge chunks of dirt or bugs on it. And you just eat it like that. You don't have to give it a good scrubbing, but the stuff we're getting at the grocery store, you need to, right. You've got to right. make sure that you, you wash it and, and it hasn't been grown in this nutrient rich soil. So you're right. Like we're just not getting the same level of like health from the vegetables that we would, if they were grown in the dirt, like at the farm that's near me. Yeah. Well, like you're, fortunate. you're fortunate. That's, Very that's awesome. Much so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, there's a lot 
to be said about hydroponic. Mm. You know, and everyone can create a hydroponic, you know, garden in their garage or even in a space in their in their house because it doesn't take up a lot of room, you know, and start growing some hydroponic things, you know, and so you don't have to worry about dirt being all over the place. Yeah. When the kids <laughs> knock into it, it's just a water spill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about hydroponic, that it's so easy and that you can just kind of you know, do it, it at it home. Really is. Yeah. It, it is, you know, I, you know, Google that too, or go to Pinterest. Oh my gosh, go to Pinterest and type in yeah. hydroponics. You're going to get so many different things. You know, I love <laughs> Pinterest for things like that. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I'd love to go back to something you said, um, when we first started where you were talking about eating meat and how it lowers your vibration. And I just love for you to say more about that as I'm right on board with you, but I just, I want you to share that with the listeners. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, everything is a frequency. Everything on the planet is a frequency. And when you look at your physical body, your physical body's chemistry is made up of like what 80% water. And the rest is solid matter. But each organ and each cell in your body has to resonate with a certain vibration and a certain frequency. And when it's all in alignment, you're going to feel healthy. When it moves out of alignment, what happens? Houston starts having a problem. Yeah. You know, right? And so understanding frequencies is is probably a, a key way to start you know, looking at that perspective, you know, where you, where are you on your spiritual growth? You know, when you're eating heavy foods, even heavy carbs, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. not just meat, but heavy carbs, things that weight you down, weight you down, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. And then of course, spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're on that journey, and again, it's, you know, look at, different cultures like the native american right when they hunted they didn't hunt for sport they hunted to support themselves in nature to be able to exist and they were highly highly spiritual people mm-hmm. you know so when they went hunting they had their little ceremonies and prayed to the gods right that that animal, that buffalo or that deer, the elk, whatever it was that they were hunting to for this for the food supply chain to keep on going for the ecosystem, you know, they they made that that intention. Mm-hmm. And then they went out with that intention in mind. And before they pulled the trigger on that bow, they laid gratitude for the animal that was giving up its life to sustain life for those that were going to enjoy. And not only did it, you know, um, sustain food, they use every part of the animal. The hides were their clothing. It was their, their houses, you know, how they covered it up, you know, to, to stay away from the weather, you know, all of these different things. And those are things that we can learn along the way and be grateful, be grateful 
for that seed that turned into that carrot. Be mm -hmm. grateful for whatever food it is that you're eating. You know, all, a lot of religions, the majority of religions do what? And even in cultures, they prayed over the meal before mm -hmm. it was served and eaten. That changes a molecular structure and increases the ability for that food to pass out what no longer serves the purpose, but to maintain the sustenance necessary for that human element to continue in a healthy journey, right? Yeah. Regardless of what food that is, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so it depends on where you are in your spiritual journey and how you're looking to move past it. You know, not all meat eaters aren't highly spiritual or aren't resonating at a high level of frequency. It's where you are on that journey, right? Mm -hmm. And again, when you change that molecular structure, you're also altering things and bringing back into it, what is your intention? And mm -hmm. that is really relevant in my belief. And we forget about those things. So yeah. be grateful for everything that crosses your path. Right? Yeah. yeah so does, like does that. that help explain a little bit about what that energy and that spiritual level is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you. You know, we look at the traditional things in what you eat for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And what you eat for lunch or dinner and what you eat for dinner or supper, however, what part of the country you're in or what culture <laughs> you're in, right? It yeah. took me a long time to get out of dinner and supper and go to lunch <laughs> and dinner. Oh, my goodness. You know, so growing up, what do we have for breakfast? We had bacon, eggs, pancakes. What are all on the menu when you go out for breakfast? Those certain foods. So yeah. we've been programmed to eat those certain foods. Same mm -hmm. thing with lunch, same thing with dinner. And most people make the last meal of the day their biggest meal. Yep. And this is where it's really critical, regardless of you know what you call yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Is if you're going to eat a heavy meal, whether it includes meat or byproducts or not, don't eat it after six o'clock at night, <laughs> right? And try yeah. to eat it as your, as your, your middle meal, because your body's going into digestion. Mm. And after six o'clock, it's not going to digest anymore. And you're going to be moving into repair mode. So if your body's trying to fight digesting, when it's trying to do repair, we got a conflict of interest. Yeah. And that can be critical for how your body absorbs the nutrients, you know, and so kind of watch that. And another thing I want to say about, you know, in that carnivorous field is it takes 72 hours, 72 hours to digest meat. Mm. So think about that. If you're eating meat at seven or eight o'clock at night, what what's going on here? How much of it's actually digesting? How yeah. much of it stays within you know, the, the intestinal tract that doesn't get out mm -hmm. and then, then it festers. And now you're creating what? A lot of mucus. You're creating a, a, a breeding place for parasites and mm -hmm. all these crazy things, right? So if you are a meat eater out there and you're listening to this, which you shouldn't be because we're on the, but that's okay. You're looking how to, to really make that shift. You know, yeah. don't eat it in the evening. So stay focused on where it is that you're going. You know, so let's go back to breakfast. This is my most fun one. And I'll share a sure. little story. 
when I was shifting out of that programming of what you eat for breakfast. So it's like, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to have this big salad for breakfast. Now we're looking at seven o'clock in the morning. All right. <laughs> Put this big salad in front of me, you know, and it's got, uh, instead of carrots, because there's a lot of sugar and carrots, I would shred sweet potatoes instead. Because okay. they're just like carrots on a salad. You know, I add a little bit of celery and yeah, you know, I'm not sure everything else that I put on there. This is beautiful, beautiful salad, you know, and I had my homemade dressing <laughs> and I put it on there and I looked at that and I looked at the clock and I said, this is seven o'clock in the morning. What the heck are you doing eating this salad? <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do this, right? I took a bite of that salad. And as I chewed it, the juices started flowing from my mouth, you know, and that's where the enzyme activity starts is in the mouth. Mm -hmm. And I was savoring it. And, you know, when you hold things in your mouth, and especially when it crosses under your tongue, all of that's going directly to the brain. Mm. I started feeling like alerted. It's like all my cells in my body were starting to dance. I mean, <laughs> it was, celebrating. Yay. It was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would, if someone would have told me that, I said, yes, you're right. You right. <laughs> but the experience is really a beautiful experience, right? So try yeah. that sometime. Just make this beautiful salad. Because again, the visual of the food that you eat sends a message mm -hmm. to your body because all your senses, you've got your sight, you've got your smell, mm -hmm. you've got your taste. And then you have the hearing when you start crunching, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and really savor your food. You know, how many of us just like, just, you know, push it in there like you're starving, you know, just, you know, and you don't take your time yeah. <laughs> to actually, to actually <laughs> chew it and get it moving the way it needs to, because, you know, it is about chewing. I mean, you know, watch animals. They don't just eat and run. Right. Right. They <laughs> savor that. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, a cow is a vegetarian. A vegan, actually, a cow is a yeah. vegan, right? Yep. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> you know, what do they do? They sit there for hours mm -hmm. and hours and it's hours. Chewing and chewing, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So there's so many things that we can learn in grazing, yeah. you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, animals are grazers. What are we? We're an animal. We're mm -hmm. a warm-bodied human, warm-blooded means, you know, look at what warm-blooded creatures do. Grazing mm. is really awesome because it just, it, it doesn't stuff everything and put like stress to try to, to digest things. And the more you chew, the easier it is on your digestive system. And mm -hmm. when those juices start getting into the stomach, it triggers the stomach to go into the liver, trigger the liver, trigger the gallbladder to send the enzymes necessary. It also triggers the pancreas to trigger those enzymes because you want to break down fat, you want to break down sugars, and you want to break down starches. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and talking about that, I mean, starches, it's just touch on starches a little bit a lot sure. of people think oh my god starches are going to make me fat 
No. <laughs> no. If you believe that, then it's going to happen. Again, change your belief <laughs> system and your mindset. Starches are really healthy. And again, mm-hmm. one of the things I learned in the raw food diet was really the necessity of what's the value of starches and especially eating them raw like a potato, right? <laughs> it's, you know, and, and another really good one is taro root. Oh, yeah. You know, for a vegan, there is there is a lot more starches in that taro root. Mm. And it's very good. And you can use it in, in soups. You can use it in, you know, you can make it like mashed potatoes. You can actually make a shake out of them. You know, taro oh. is so good for so many things. But it's that starch that makes it valuable. It's okay. high intensity carbs because carbs do what? They break down to sugars. Mm-hmm. So a hard a a high carb diet is going to give you sugar spikes, just as if you were eating a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. And now there's like, I think they figure the last count was like 70 or 80 different words. That's <laughs> just say it's sugar, sugar. Right? Yep. It's sugar. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh my gosh, you have to be an encyclopedia to figure out, is this sugar? Is this word mean sugar? You know? Right. You know, so and how many products have multiple sugars oh on their label, right? Gosh, so they'll have the word sugar and then there'll be like six other things that are right. also sugar ending in OSE, right? The sugar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, and that is a good sign that mm-hmm. OSE, we talk about yeah. OSE, ASE, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, so these are little tricks of the trade, you know, another mm-hmm. thing when you go shopping, Okay. If you shop the outside of the supermarket, you're going to have a balanced diet. Mm. It's when you start going down the aisles, when things start, you know, not being (laughs) quite as healthy as they should be because they're what they're canned, they're processed, they're, you know, and you got to take that into consideration. So what about lunch? So we talked about breakfast. Let's have a big salad for breakfast. Yeah. Um, And so lunch, then I'm guessing should be the big meal since you mentioned that dinner should be smaller. Exactly. Yeah. So So if you're going to do carbs, yeah. So if you're, if you're going to do carbs, do them for lunch. And the reason why I say this, because when, when do most people lag? Right. Like two o'clock, right. In the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime after lunch. Right. Because now your body's in full blowing. I got to break this stuff down. I got to digest this stuff because you know what we're coming up because, you know, it's going to be a few more hours and then we're going to go into repair mode. Right. So that's why you want to do a light, uh, you know, a light meal at dinner time, you know, and stay away from all that heavy carbs because, you know, so if you do carbs at your lunchtime, you'll find that you're going to get these little sugar boosts along the way. That's going to keep you, you know, elevated. But okay. again, don't do tons of it because you get a spike up, but then you're going to crash and burn, mm. you know? So again, balance, that, <laughs> yeah, balance that out, you know, but, but do your majority of carbs at that middle meal. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so and then, what about with the fiber from all of the other vegetables, does that play into um, avoiding spikes when you're eating a lot of carbs. Now we're talking about whole well, foods carbs, not like refined carbs, but, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, fiber. You know, think about fiber. Fiber creates a friction, mm. right? 
Okay. And so fiber is what helps to break the food down. Okay. It's what helps it to digest. And it's what helps it to move through the small intestinal tract and move and push out through the large intestinal tract. So fiber is what things cling to and draw it out. You know, you know, you think about, you know, some of the clothes that you wear. Mm-hmm. And if you get around a bunch of dog hair, what happens? Boom! It just sticks, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so when 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 you're eating, fiber kind of just does that. So the debris of the things that aren't digesting for whatever reason, like like peelings, you know, mm-hmm. especially on tomatoes mm-hmm. and on cucumbers, they don't digest. Okay, you know, and you know, corn is something that's really harsh for digestion. Mm. Right. And and, you know, even salads, again, that's why it's important to chew. And that's why it's important to have that balance, you know, of what's going to break it apart. Those enzymes are really critical. Mm-hmm. And I'm a colon hydrotherapist. And that's what really opened my eye up is watching okay. all of these food particles come by that hadn't been digested. Mm. And, comp- you know, the people will, you know, they'd compliment on different things and they'll say, was that corn I just saw go by? <laughs> right. And you're saying, yeah, it was. I haven't had corn in five years. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, things can store in your intestinal tract for extended periods of time. Hmm. You know, a, a, another thing that we watched, we had a gentleman that was, that started coming to us. And, you know, he wasn't the healthiest one and he actually lived off fast food, Mm. you know, McDonald's and, you know, burgers, fast food, stuff like that. And we told him, you know, you think you're young and, and, and invincible, it's going to catch up with you. Mm -hmm. And I think he was like 45, 47. And he started doing a series of colonics and about the third or fourth colonic Hey, this might gross your listeners out, but I, you know, I think it's really, it is, it's critical that you understand, you know, how this eating impacts you and why you have heart attacks, you know, what, what that processed foods can do, mm-hmm. especially when you're eating a lot of fast foods, regardless of where it is. And it was, it was a sludge. Of fatting. So if you've ever boiled chicken, right, and then you take it off the burning, you let it set, you know, so that all the fat rises so you can throw it out, right? Mm. It, it, before it does that, it gets like this little clumpy stuff. Oh, gosh. That's okay. That's what this looked like. And, and now we're, we have an inch tube on, on the, colonic machine Mm -hmm. and it came out and it went about six inches into the tube and it stopped you know and it was probably another six to eight inches in in the um other tube where the water was flowing out it plugged up the machine oh my gosh so we actually had to we actually had to stop the the um session Mm. take the machine apart and clean it out and you could tell you know and we showed it to him and we put some on a paper plate and we showed it to him right Mm -hmm. and just move things around you know and had him move it around where you can feel it was greasy so he really got the visual of it 
So when you see something like that coming out, because everything's internal, mm-hmm. and unless you experience that, out of mind, out of sight, yeah, out of sight, exactly. out of mind. Yeah. Right. And that was his wake up call. He mm. stopped eating fast food. And he sat down after a session because we went back and finished the session. And he said, okay, I'm going to listen. Tell me what I need to do. Right. Because again, that's what heart attacks happen. And it was, I think, like five years later, um, he came back. And really, I mean, wow. I mean, he looked like a whole different person. Mm. But he shared with us a sad story where his son had a massive coronary. Oh, my gosh. And his, his son's diet was similar to what his was and where he knew he was headed. But his son didn't want to listen. And he was grateful, you know, that he paid attention. But again, you know it's your personal experience. It's your journey. And, you know, so not everyone wants to pay attention to that. You know, it's like, ah, dad, you're, you know, that's, you know, whatever, whatever. But the the young man was, yeah. And and I think his son was only like 37, Mm. 40, right. In that age, you know, that's, that's young. Okay. So, you know, it's it's interesting how life, you know, puts you on these journeys and how every modality that you get involved with and and how it impacts the way you ingest food and with that belief system, with that trust system. You Mm -hmm. know, so when you look when you look at a vegan diet, you know, make the choice for the right reason. Not because it's a fad or anything like that. It's like, I really want to put myself on track to be nutritionally sound, to do everything that I can do from a vibrational standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, to make this this skin suit that I'm running around in, in alignment and as healthy as possible. Because you don't have to go down the track. You don't have to be a statistic. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. have to know and put into action what it takes. You know, do you want to be 40 years old? Do you want to be 50 years old and not being able to walk because every joint in your body doesn't function the way it is? Or do you want to be climbing a mountain at 85? Yeah. Right. I'm going to share. <laughs> I'm going to share with your with your audience here. I'll be 72 in just a couple of weeks. Okay. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's, again, it's your mindset. You know, I believe with every cell of my body that I am 45 because to me, 45 was that magic number. And that's when the major shifting and switching of everything in my life was impactful. My kids were all gone. I was out on my own, you know, and life really changed, you know, so all these different things that I learned along my journey. It's not that I'm 20 years old and a know-it-all or I'm 30 years old and a know-it-all, you know, I mean, I, I do have, I do have some things behind me, you know, and being in holistic medicine for over 45 years you know, that makes a difference as well. And working with frequencies and working with how the aspects of everything in that body, the science behind it, 
you know, alongside of where your thought processes and everything else is. It's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. It's everything put together. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I hope that helps your listeners, you know, I to try so. to give them food for thought mm -hmm. and to really take it serious about what it is you're putting in Houston in this meat suit you're running around in. <laughs> and where do you want to go? Look, look at your future. Where do you want to go? Where do mm -hmm. you see yourself 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now? And it's never too late to start. Yeah, I think, you know, our culture. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think our culture makes us feel like once you've hit maybe even 45, right? Like, oh, everything's mm -hmm. downhill. And then, you know, you just kind of expect that, oh, this hurts now. And like, there's even comedians that say, oh, that hurts now. Well, I guess this is forever. Um, and, and you expect that as you get older, things start to break down and you can't, you know, do things that you want to do anymore. But that's only because one, we believe that that's how it's supposed to go. Exactly. And two, that we are eating ourselves to the point where we can, we're, we're sedentary, we're eating foods that cause inflammation, that make us feel terrible. And, and so of course, when you're 60, you can't climb a mountain, but you can look at people. Want to bet? You, <laughs> you want to bet? Yeah, I was 60 and I was climbing 14 or so. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the people who are treating themselves badly, whether they realize that's what they're doing or not, are, are exactly. kind of in that position. But like there are people like you and there's even um, Dr. Esselstyn, Caldwell Esselstyn and his wife, Jane, they're in their 80s. And right. Jane, she like, you know, walks around carrying a huge tire behind her, like as she does her morning calisthenics. And they are so vibrant. And, you know, I think, I think Jane, or maybe it was Dr. Esselstyn, they turned 85 this year. So, yeah. and it's just, they are happy and living life and they're, they feel good in their bodies. And it's so obvious when you, you know, listen to them talk, there's just so much energy there. Like you don't exactly. have to be 85 and slowly dying, you know? No, like, yeah, no, you don't. And that's all a choice. It's all a choice. It has to do with intentions. You know, there's a saying out there. This is a quote. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Mm. And it all begins with a thought. And it all yeah. ends with a thought. Right. So yeah. what's going on in your brain? What is those thought processes that are taking place? You know, what is defining your life? If you don't like what's defining your life, and or if you don't know what's defining your life, stand in front of the mirror and ask yourself, what's defining my life? Oh, my gosh. When I look at how I appear in there, you know, where are those aging spots? Where is the breaking down of the human element? That's defining who you are. You're not able to run around and play football at, at 50 or 60 or 70 with your grandkids or your great grandkids because of what's defining you. But you know what? You can turn that around in a very short time. And it's not about taking a pill. Right. That only, that only buffers and actually does more damage because now you're not hearing the wake up call, right? Yeah. And so therefore, <laughs> you know, you're going down even faster, right? Mm -hmm. And 
I, I don't know about you, but I love running around with my little great grandkids. The youngest <laughs> one's four years old. Let me tell you, he's a bundle to keep up with, but I keep up with him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and amazing. I wouldn't miss that. I wouldn't miss that for the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. there's more, more baby boomers out there. I mean, we're the ones that have set the pace for so many things <laughs> and baby boomers are still changing the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're a force to be reckoned with. You know, I, I don't know what the percentages of, uh, you know, baby boomers that are, you know, working in that vegan diet area, but I can tell you there's a whole lot more of us now that are really stepping back to the roots of where we are in the food that we ingest and we're not sitting down saying i'm going to just surrender to what culture says i have to be not a chance no way (laughs) (laughs) So. so before we go just wanted to touch on that hummus recipe oh i knew you were gonna get that out of me one way or another yeah, that's the only reason you asked me to show so you can get this hummus I guess you could recipe. just tell us how you like to eat hummus. That's, you know, that's okay too. <laughs> no, I'll happily share it with you. Be You know, this is the hummus show. And we talked about um, raw food, mm-hmm. and, you know, and how it actually matches up with, you know, the, um, the vegan diet, you know. And once I started, making hummus myself I mean when you look you you look in the store you know and you read the hummus that you buy on the shelf you know there's there's still a lot of things in there that aren't really healthy for the body Mm -hmm. your preservatives and all that kind of stuff because by law you have to put the stuff in there right Right. (laughs) and so I decided and, and and this was in in my in my raw food days right it's like okay there's got to be a way to make raw food hummus Right. Because most people, when they did make homemade hummus, they would just boil. Right. Right. And it's like, I I don't want that. I want a different taste. I want to really taste what that chickpea is all about. Yeah. Right. So I started sprouting. So that's the key. First thing you got to do is you sprout your hummus. Now I have a sprouter that that is really cool. It does all the work (laughs) for me. Okay, I love gadgets. Not gonna deny that I love gadgets. And so it's it's a two part. So the whole machine probably stands maybe 12, 14 inches tall. And it's got a little motor in the bottom. And you put the water in the bottom, and then you put the top half on. And you know, there's this this little tube that comes up through the center, and it has a little thing on the top that's that sprays you know it's kind of like okay. like when you're watering your garden and the water's squirting around mm-hmm. okay? just kind of <laughs> minimize that right? and it. it also keeps the temperature of the water in that perfect that perfect perfect temperature so that your sprouts happen faster now okay. i like to sprout my garbanzo beans because you'll notice oh my gosh as soon as you put garbanzos in water they swell like Mm -hmm. really fast. So you got to watch it, make sure you put more water in there. Okay. (laughs) And one thing about sprouting too, which is really great for, you know, a vegan diet, right. Is, is that when you sprout, no matter what you sprout, your enzyme activity now is running high. 
Yeah. And we talked about enzymes, right? So yeah. you should always eat sprouts. I I, I love mung beans, M-U-N-G. Okay. I love mung beans, right? And so back to the garbanzos. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, I don't measure anything. Okay. I don't, I go by sight and by taste. So I'll give you everything in the recipe and then you build it out. I'll, I'll give you an idea of how much to use, but yeah. I never measure anything as different every single time. Okay. And that's what makes it unique. So make mm-hmm. this recipe unique for you, but I'll give you all the secrets. So if you, you know, when you sprout your garbanzo beans, at least three days. So that sprout end is at, I want to say at least an inch long. Okay. Because it really makes it tender. And just eat them raw. Eat a garbanzo bean raw like that. And it's like, at first, it might taste a little, you know, because you're not used to it. But you'll get used to it. You know, and then so once you have that, then you want to make sure that you rinse them all off. And leave the white tails on them. Don't take the tails off. Because what's (laughs) going to happen when you start rinsing them, there's all, all beans have a shell on the outside. And so with the garbanzos, that shell is going to fall loose and it'll float to the top. So you want to take that shell out again because you don't want to put that in your hummus because it's going to what? It's not going to digest. Yeah. Right. So just take all those off. You know, I mean, if there's a few of them that are on there and you you want to try to pluck them off, you don't have to get that intense and that serious. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you just use a, a uh, food processor. Okay. okay. And. You can make any kind of flavored, you know, uh, hummus that you want. You can make fruit hummus Mm. or you can make a vegetable hummus. Right. Mm -hmm. And get creative. I like to put garlic in everything. Just why? Because garlic is really good. Right. (laughs) And so, so let's just say maybe you've got some garlic that was starting to sprout. Oh my goodness. Use those in your hummus. Those are great. (laughs) Because again, it's that, it's that fermentation. So whenever you're eating fermented beans of any kind, and if you're making soup, you know, try that sometime. Yeah. You know, your, your kidney beans, your black beans, your white beans, all of them, right. Sprout them for a couple of days. You know, okay. if nothing else, just soak them at least overnight. But it starts that enzyme, that enzyme activity. And then so now that you got your garbanzo beans or where you want them, make sure that you have a jar of tahini, mm-hmm. which is sesame seed, right? Yeah. So you want to you want to get a jar of tahini. If you want to make your own tahini, you know, stuff you can. That's that's another story. I usually <laughs> I don't get that creative. I buy the tahini that's already go, you know, just the tahini by itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And so depending on the size of your food processor, use anywhere from two to three cups, put the lid on it, and then you'll want water, but be, be careful with your water, you know, add a little bit, you know, and start breaking it down. And you want to put it on, you know, after it's broken down, then you want to put it on high speed and then you add a little bit more water to get your texture. Now, depending on what you're using, because if you're using like artichokes, use that artichoke juice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Don't mm-hmm. throw that out. <laughs> so use if you're going to do that, then use that as some of the liquid. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it yeah. gets too liquid, what do you do? Add some more garbanzos, right? <laughs> so that is a, 
plain and simple, right? That's what I'm saying. Don't have to measure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, but before you started adding any of the, the solid, uh, you know, fruit and or even the tomatoes, you know, cause you know, tomatoes are going to leave their juices as well. So try mm -hmm. to get kind of a little, uh, maybe just a little more softer than a peanut butter texture when okay. you're putting those garbanzos together. Right. And, and just kind of, you know, you might have to open it and smash down the sides, you know, with your little spatula and then get it going again, but add that little bit of water. So once you have that, it doesn't take a whole lot of tahini. So if you're starting with two cups, mm -hmm. maybe use like two tablespoons of tahini. Okay. Right? And you don't have to exactly measure, just scoop it out and put it in there, scoop it out mm -hmm. and put it in there. Right. <laughs> That's the fun of it. That's the, yeah. the really the fun of it. Right. <laughs> and then, um, you know, then whip it together. And then you also want to squeeze in usually about two cups on average, you know, depending on how much juice is in that lemon, mm -hmm. right? Um, maybe like a half a lemon if it's a big lemon or, you okay. know, um, if it's a small lemon, use the whole thing, but don't put it all in at once. Again, right. you're bringing it Slowly. together, yeah. you know, taste it a little bit. And you do want to add a little bit of salt because salt generates a breakdown of the enzymes as well. You need mm. salt in the stomach to break the food down. A okay. no salt diet is not healthy. You need salt in the stomach to break the food apart. Hmm. Right. So you can, you, you know, you can use that if you, if you want to test the waters with amino acids and put a little amino acids are very, very salty. Yeah. Right. So just be careful. Again, if you get too much salt, what are you going to do? Add water and Divide more of beans. You marker bonds me, not water. You know, okay. this thing, oh, this thing is full. Well, you know what? Scoop half of it out, put in some more, right? <laughs> and this is why you want the consistency of the garbanzos before you start adding in, in the element of the flavor of what you're doing. I yeah. mean, you can put your garlic in there, you know, as soon as you want. You can put, if you're doing avocado, put the, or not avocado, um, artichokes, put mm -hmm. that juice in, use that juice, right? right and get that consistency. Once you have that consistency pretty close, then go ahead and start adding your tomatoes. If you're gonna make a tomato a tomato base, tomato mm -hmm. garlic is really good. If you mm -hmm. wanna put peppers in there, you know, the different kind of peppers, you know, mm -hmm. take the seeds out. Just a little word to the wide. Seeds do what? They do not digest. Uh. <laughs> okay, so take the seeds out. <laughs> <laughs> okay if you want it a little hotter than what you then then what the the peppers are going to give you put a little cayenne in there that's a good thing right okay. <laughs> so you know but um i made i made a habanero it was going Ooh. to a a vegan it was a vegan no actually it was a raw food party that we went to and so i made raw food hummus and different ones and i took a small amount of the the um habanero i mean mm -hmm. it, it was hot but boy the flavor was so <laughs> divine so divine oh my god and again be cautious when you're putting in hot peppers you know yeah. whip it up and then taste it mm -hmm. and then if it's not quite but and and no the longer you let your raw hummus set the hotter it gets okay oh, that is good yeah. to know <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know 
Yeah, the hotter it gets, the longer it sits. And you can freeze this, by the way. So you can freeze okay. it. Yeah. And uh, it will last so much longer in the refrigerator. It'll last two, three weeks. Really? Would, no problem. It's fermented. Right. Okay. That you know, so if you, if you start looking at what are the health benefits of fermented food, hey, here you go. Yeah. Right. So hmm. there's a lot of great, great things that come out of it. So basically you've got your sprouted hummus, you've got your tahini, mm -hmm. you got your lemon juice, and you got your salt. Right. And then you just add whatever it is that you want to make the flavor of. Like when I do tomato, I like to do fresh tomatoes. And 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 what I do is I boil water and I just kind of, you know, just kind of put them in the water just long enough to get the skin off. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so you still have you know, the, the tomatoes value itself, but I also like to put sun-dried tomatoes in there. Oh, that's good. Oh, cause there's just <laughs> something about it and the juice on the sun-dried tomatoes. Right. But, you know, also, um, you want to add olive oil. Right? Okay. Or you can add sometimes if you want to, if, if you're not using that, I wouldn't use coconut oil because mm. it does have a different flavor to it. Um, but you can get the one that doesn't have the flavor. And if you want to try that, but olive oil seems to give it that little flavor that you don't get when you're using some of the other oils, but don't overkill right. with the oil. <clears throat> so when you're starting that, that mixing, go ahead and put some of that olive oil in first and then, you know, add the rest with, okay. um, with the water. Right. So you want to make sure that you do. So now you've got garbanzo beans sprouted, tahini, olive oil, salt, and lemon juice. Yeah. And if you want a little more, if you want, you know, if you really like that tahini taste, add a little more tahini. There's mm -hmm. no right or wrong way to do this. Do it to the taste that that is palatable for your, you know, your, right. your mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. But just be careful with the hot peppers. <laughs> right. For sure. Especially if you're using habanero. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're using habaneros. That's exact or even or Thai. If you use yeah. if you're using the little Thai peppers. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think what is it, the Sabanos? You know, mm. there's some really super hot ones out there. So just take a little caution. But you know, it's a, you know, if you do and it does get too hot, well, guess what? Take one of your other ones and mix it together, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> there because you go. All, you know, no matter what it is that you're putting in that hummus, they all flow together very, very nicely, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Beverly, yeah. this has been so interesting. And I know for sure that my listeners will appreciate this. And the people who hear it are the people who are meant to hear it. And your exactly. message is definitely for them. And I am so thankful that you joined me tonight because I've learned so much. This is so great. Thank you. Boy, you're welcome. And like I said, it's not just one thing. It's a combination of. So if you're thinking about becoming a vegan and you want to start altering your diet, really study the nutritional aspect of it. Get that food combining chart. Start there. Mm -hmm. Really understand because, you know, when you're moving away from the meat and the meat byproducts and the dairy, you want to know what that combination of. So study raw food. And then if you want to cook it, that's fine. But it will give you the combination. Mm 
to make sure you're getting the nutrition to keep your body functioning in full alignment. Yeah. So that's the words of wisdom that I can leave your audience with. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you were here with me. Oh, it was an honor. It was an honor. Welcome back. Don't worry if you didn't catch the hummus recipe as Beverly walked us through it. You'll find the details in the show notes. I've also included the raw food combining chart as well as some information from nutritionfacts.org related to food combining. You can find Beverly on LinkedIn, Facebook, and listen to her own podcast, Wisdom 360 Wisdom Speaks. All links to contact Beverly can be found in the show notes. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five-star rating. It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. You are also invited to join my free private Facebook group for fans of the show. You can find the link in the show notes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did You Bring the Hummus and visit my website at www.didyoubringthehummus.com for more information about me, updates on what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. I would love to hear from you. What do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered on a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email at didyoubringthehummus at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.